Ladies and gentlemen, this is Entitled Weekend. And hello, everybody, and welcome to the first installment of Entitled Weekend. And yes, just like the bio says, at Entitled Weekend, please follow on Twitter. Um, we are the Fraser to Entitled Towns Cheers. And I know that's a very lofty uh, <laughs> prediction, but, you know, you got to start somewhere, right? Um, I'm Fraser Crane, and I'm listening. Um, no, no, no. It's Shaq. Um, I'm EP of ET. That's executive producer of Entitled Town, if you're nasty. And just like the MCU in Avengers Endgame, Mike Irons... He of Ironhead 334. He's given me Mjolnir, and I have the hammer now. So, and, and also like Avengers Endgame, I'm not alone in this voyage. I'm, I'm joined by two awesome dudes, uh, and hopefully they'll be joining me for the foreseeable future. If not, you know, we're going to be making more mixing things up. And I'll talk more about what to expect on Entitled Weekend in a few moments. But let's get to know these guys. Uh, first up... Um, he, he, he hails from a little town. I don't know where you, where, you, where it's called, but I think it's called Foxborough, uh, Massachusetts. It, I mean, that's about the outsiders call it, yeah. <laughs> wow. uh, um, um, he's known as as at the fib on Twitter. Um, I, your full is, what is it? At, at the fib 0624. On Twitter, uh, this is Bill. Say what's up, Phil, Bill. What's up? I'm... On your left, and I'm really excited <laughs> to be jumping into the entitled titled weekend and the entitled town sort of cinematic universe. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be interesting. Where uh, you know, there's going to be a fifty thousand podcast now from the entitled town network. <laughs> you know, and 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 of course, everything is going to and everything's going to be owned by Dave Brown, and yeah, he, ru obviously. he ruins everything. Obviously, yeah. I mean, that's you know, he's going to be the Stan Lee. He's going to pop in, say a few words, step out every you know couple of years. And also, we're also joined by another awesome dude. Uh, he's at Judon Sack Lunch, but he always changes his username. Like I change underwear, or as you should change underwear too. Um, it's Dan. What's up, Dan? What's up? How you doing? That's it. <laughs> no, I, you know, honestly, honestly. I want to comment on that because I I get so so back in the day I'm not going to name who but they used to have a, a hive if you will and I used to get obliterated by them on Twitter and I'd have to basically go into hiding for a good amount of time and then I'd have to change my name so that's happened to me at least I don't know four times over the past two years so I, I open my mouth too much let's just say that you open your mouth and you also uh, make crazy. Uh photoshops which we'll talk about in later on which you know one particular photoshop of the those are called the rembrandts those are called yes. rembrandts yes. those are elite Mo mona lisa's mona yeah. lisa's yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that in, in, uh, in a few moments right here. Yes. yes but we wouldn't call him the mona lisa veto of no pictures yet. not at all no uh, so so basically the premise of this show is basically it's the well, the regular entitled town, as you know, it puts a focus entirely on the media and its nuances as a whole, whether it be the Boston media or the national media and how much they suck. Uh, what we're going to do is, well, we're going to do the same thing, but what we're going to do is gather a smorgasbord of it, and it's going to be the worst of the worst. 
and we're going to smack him down like a pimp smacks down of his female dog in Harlem. But but after that, uh, we're going to focus more on the upcoming game and on the opponent because the other guys during the week don't really get a chance to do that because there's so there's so many hot takes that happen during the week. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to focus more on the opponent. Um, this week is the Cleveland Browns. So with that said, uh, let's go get right into this. And the first thing I'll say is um, – Mac Jones, you, you, you suck. You're, you're evil and, you, you, you know, you're a murderer. Mastermind. You're, you're a mastermind. And I just have to I have to say this. Uh, you, you need to go to jail and you deserve a prison sentence. You deserve a, uh, you, you know, you deserve to go FBI to Rikers Island. <laughs> An FBI investigation. Uh, you know, Congress needs to talk to you because you're the most evil person and by the way, I'm going to send this out to uh, Brian Burns. In the arms of sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, Brian. I'm so sorry. Isn't it sad? I mean, he died. Yet he died on Sunday. I can't believe it. Just five cents a day, you can get enough Kleenex for Brian Burns. Listen, we're going to start a GoFundMe. The link will be below. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? By the, way, he's, this... he's, by the way, he's playing. He's playing this weekend. Let's just get that out of the way. Oh, right. And, and, yeah. he came, and he came back in the game. About, what was it, two plays later? Yeah. What, the, next, the next drive, yeah. The, the next, next drive. drive with enough time to be able to give the Randy Orton punt to Stevenson's head. And enough time to crown of the helmet with Harris to knock two of our running backs into the concussion protocol. Cool. So let's Actually talk about not that. Playing this weekend. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Let's let's be real about, you know, you know, but T's and P's, big time T's and P's out to, you know, Brian Burns and his family on his loss of limb in life. And and, and by the way, he uh, I don't know how he did it. I don't know. It was it was a miraculous turn of events, but he was able to walk to the podium on Wednesday. And well, pretty much put a bounty on Matt Jones's head, and you know he wants an apology. Number one, but number two, <laughs> he also wants his fellow defensive brethren to do whatever they have to do, whatever that means. And so, we're, there's a conflict of interest here. First, you want <laughs> you want an apology from the same guy that you're putting out a bounty to. It, it's it. I mean, when when did so many defensive players, and we'll talk about this later with Miles Garrett, when, when did so many defensive players become such pussies? Uh, uh, Bill, I'll, I'll go to you on this. It's it's unbelievable. It really is because here we are talking about somebody putting him in the Kurt Angle ankle lock for about two point five seconds to prevent him from helping recover a fumble. Like, he put himself in the ankle lock. He put himself. Yeah, he, he really he, did. He yeah. twisted he his own. Alligator he twi it was like, yes, allegedly put him in an ankle lock. Allegedly, <laughs> um, but here we are with him telling you know his fellow brethren open season while asking for an apology, and then on top of it, he's sitting there and tell you know getting other pe you know getting other people involved and getting interactions on Twitter to make people feel bad for him. And all it's doing is distracting from the fact that you got hosed last Sunday, you lost by 18, your team could not sustain 
anything on the offensive side of the ball. And on the defensive side of the ball, you gave up 24 points to what a lot of people have been saying is this broken Patriots offense. The, the mystique of the broken Patriots offense is now breaking the brains of defenses week to week, where they're like, oh, we couldn't possibly have lost to a superior team. No, no, there's, you know, the Illuminati blinded us with laser beams. It's ridiculous. And, uh, and Dan, I said, I said this um, last week on an, in, t- in the regular title town and i'll say it again isn't it great to be back because the, the the way you can tell that the patriots are back is that this 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 absolute uh tear of of, of, of people just absolutely going wild over this over mac oh, yeah. jones it, it's it's really it's I've, i don't think i've ever seen it before and you know the nfl you know they're not one to miss a story because i mean there's so many stories happening with the nfl but it's just it's something about this story that's really giving me pause to say wow the patriots really are back and i think it's it's a lot to do with with fans and media not wanting to admit that the patriots are back so this is kind of their vessel to say you know what <laughs> the patriots are back but we don't want to say this so let's just get mac jones he's a rookie well, I'll say for as dumb as the NFL is that we know, they know how to hit the pulse on what makes fans tick. And one of the biggest things that makes fans tick is anger. And where do you get the most anger? The Patriots. I mean, that's just proven from all the year years of dominance. Bill Belichick, who doesn't give the media shit, and people hate it. Listen to the media talk about him like he is he's Hitler reborn. Like just because he wants, you know, joke with them, he won't he won't do the cool banter like Cliss Barry or or McKay might, McVay might do, you know, he just, he just doesn't give him anything, which I think is great. I don't, I don't care. I don't really care what the coach has to say unless it's breaking down a player, why you did a certain thing. But at the end of it, it's like the vitriol is the overreaction is insane. So like we're, we're talking about, look at like, we should put up that picture of Mac uh, before the draft, the combine with how he looks like the doughboy fresh <laughs> look. And, and the fact that that guy is making the, the one of the biggest and probably one of the better defensive linemen slash linebackers in the league basically cry like oh we, it's Wednesday it's Thursday and you're not talking about the Arizona Cardinals who are eight and one you're talking you're talking about the guys that beat you last week and now you're below 500 I mean it's just a bad look the whole way around and then the fact that all the fans just eat that up it's just the NFL just knows they they love to to you know I mean, I didn't help this week, obviously, but I I, I like to <laughs> stoke the fires a little bit and just run, just like look from you know from a fly on the wall, just see we'll see what happens. But can, can I just add that? Don't we want a quarterback who's going to do everything he can to prevent a defender from getting the ball? Isn't that what people gave Cam Newton? By the way, wish you nothing but the best in Carolina, Cam. That's condescending. I wish you nothing. Yes, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but, but. Yes, yes, con, con, yeah. yes, I know. I'm being very condescending by hoping a guy is successful. Oh. <laughs> uh, I wish you nothing. Take, I wish him nothing. Take that Tanya Ray takes. Yeah, yes, you know, she, that, is, that is much less condescending than me wishing him well, Shaq. <laughs> we, we, we know this. But, the, you know, the meme-worthy lack of dive in the Super Bowl has been used for years. And here we are complaining about Mac Jones trying to prevent a guy from getting the ball or trying to tackle a guy if he thought he had the ball. There's a, there's a dichotomy here where we're saying, oh, this person is soft. But then when the other person does exactly what you expect them to, no, 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 we don't want you to do that when it's somebody you don't like or they're wearing the wrong laundry. And let's, and let's add, on to the, add on to the context of that play. Like, this isn't the first time Mac's done. So this wasn't just totally unlike Mac and it, it wasn't, 
unbelievable that he did it and he was actually trying to get the ball. Look at the play where he pushes the pile trying to get into the end zone for that touchdown, that running play. Exactly. And then another one where he's setting a block where, I mean, Cam, is Cam doing that? I mean, I'll just <laughs> say that. I mean, that's, that's all I'll say. And I know the, the fans in Carolina will get all upset and they're going to see in the next few weeks what we saw. And that's fine. Um, but it's just, it, it's, it's who he is. He, and he, he is so competitive and he wants to be, Hey, he wants to just make up for bad plays. He had a bad play before, you know, with the, the interception, you know, he's want, wants to make up for it and he's just doing his job. It, it, it really galls me about, I, I saw all this stuff about, wow. Uh, and Jeff Howe had a tweet about this not being a thing for Mac. This is like, he doesn't have a prior, prior history. And, you know, all of these idiots in the comments, oh, well, he does now. Oh, well, he's going, well, he's going to be known as a dirty player now. Yeah, he's, he's Rodney Harrison in, 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 in disguise. And it, this is the moment that made him a serious, like 20 years from now, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I should have saw when the ankle thing happened, why he now killed all those people. Like that, that's, yeah. this is the first step <laughs> to many where he'd be he's a serious he's, yeah. He, yeah, he's basically Timothy McVeigh playing football. So just make sure that we all know that, know this before he retires. Mm-hmm. So it's the warning, it's the warning sign. Yes. It's a sign that, you know, Belichick should cut him immediately because he twisted somebody's ankle a little bit. And, and like you were saying, well, like, that's something that you want. And I guess people were expecting him, Matt, to just be like, hey, here, Brian, you can have the ball. It's yours. Just take it. And, you know, everything would be all right because, you know, the, the Panthers, you know, their, their astounding offense, you know, scored all of six points. You know, they'd be able to score more points because, you know, I, I, Matt's giving you the ball, right? I guess that's what they want, want it to happen. But I just think it's like it, it's – it, the the outrage is I I never have seen this type of outrage over a basically a football play. It got somebody hurt, yes, but it's still a football play. Like guys get hurt all the time, and it 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 it, it aggravated an already existing injury. He even Burns right. admitted that his ankle was already hurt before that play. So you know he's mad that somebody tweaked an already existing injury by trying to win the football game. That's the problem. Yeah, it, it's 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 crazy, and you know now and now uh, he's saying, well, I, uh, and then un- oh, let's not forget uh, Trey Boston or whatever his name is. You know, he who doesn't even have a job, uh, weighing <laughs> in and doing the Nelson Nelson Muntz meme, saying, "Oh, it's payback time" or whatever. Yeah, first of all, who's going to do that? You? <laughs> no, 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 you're unemployed, so you can't do anything. And yeah, number- he's unemployed. We're going to have a Nancy Kerrigan situation. He's going to just get him <laughs> in the streets with a lead pipe and the, the knee or something. I was going to say, unless Mac Jones signs a one-day contract with like the North Korea Football League, <laughs> then I don't think Trey Boston is going to be doing anything to him. So don't worry, Mac's Mac's not going to Canada, so he's safe. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And, and all of this, all of this for um, shout-outs for other teams to say, oh. Hey, hey, defensive players, uh, can you get can you get Mac for me? It just reminds me of, of Rex Ryan. Remember Rex Ryan when he would say, "Oh, uh, Bill Belichick, uh, uh, Bill Belichick is is there. You got to beat the Patriots for us." It, it just it's just it's transparent and it's hilarious. If, if this was and, and I hate to do the whole if this was the Patriots, but really, if it this is Matt Judon, and he says, "Happy hunting," there's an instant like in the within the next day. It's on the, the it's on the it's, NBC nightly news. 
and his everything. It's, it's more. It's more than Aaron Rodgers. That's for sure. I mean, that's that's without a doubt. I mean, that's oh for sure. That's how low the bar is right now. It's fourteen thousand dollars for lying about being vaccinated and putting everyone fourteen thousand dollars. Yeah, it's, like, it's just like oh, that's like yeah. like he made he made that he made that doing during the uh, what during the double jeopardy uh round like that's just that's just oh, one yeah. segment and he and he and he and he fourteen thousand dollars it's, it's pretty amazing yeah yeah stevie lamb gets 20k for not wearing his shirt tucked in <laughs> that's egregious you know <laughs> yes you know that's the integrity of the game on the line if the guy right, will get, show a little bit of belly button yeah or you get fined for wearing like a, a, a cleat or a jersey or or something on a patch referring to you know a breast cancer survivor or something like that if it doesn't match what the nfl's colors are you'll get fined for that Oh, I definitely. Hate speak, I hate to speak in like memes or whatever, but I, I feel like with Roger, with this this whole bounty threat, you give me Stanley from the office sleeping reaction, and then with uh, someone wearing their shirt untucked, it's Arthur's fist tightening and shaking anger. It's like just the juxtaposition there of what you get upset about. Like, what it's what is this league? What are we doing? This is just it, like pick yeah, it out of a hat. That's what I think. It's Stanley on pretzel day, as opposed to Stanley sleeping. All of a sudden, he's power walking down the hall, knocking people over, yelling at people for cutting in line. That, you know, shirt untucked, the red eyes, they go. (laughs) Does it feel like compensation to you guys? Because to me, it just feels like they're the NFL and and their media stooges who are more than willing to participate in anything that they want to do. It it just seems like they're trying to become the WWE and they don't need to because they're the number one sport in America. And well, you know, it is what it is. So why are you trying to manufacture, this, especially a story like this, that is just, it just goes nowhere except for the people who want it to be. That was the comment. There was comment a lot. Obviously there's just garbage, just straight hot garbage in the comments of every Twitter post ever. But with this one, one of the stranger ones that I saw a lot was good for these guys, make it fun again. I was like, How's this fun? If this was any other quarterback, and he ends up actually getting his head blown off. And we have a Justin Fields kind of situation, just laying limp on the ground. Um, that's not fun, especially if that's your quarterback suddenly. You're going to be freaked out. But I did want to segue one, one thing into Miles Garrett because this is a perfect yes. segue. And I think it's, it's just the best timing because of this ankle thing. And then Miles Garrett's comment today about, I hope he doesn't do it to me. You swung and almost caved in a man's skull <laughs> with a helmet, man. You're worried about, like, a 200-pound man soaking wet, twisting your ankle, and you can't get out of it? Look at you. You're, you have bigger biceps than the Hulk himself. Like, he literally has the physique of Thanos. Like, it's it's insane. And he's... And like, the head shape, too. Are, they, yeah. Yes. <laughs> they're, uh, he doesn't have the, the, the nut chain. But, he, but yes, he's, he's, he's so physically huge, but so mentally weak. These guys are so mentally weak. And I think that's it, it, just the whole NFL. It's amazing. It, it's really amazing that the guy is being asked about player safety questions when he swung a helmet and made, you know, Mason Rudolph look like one of those pictures drawn in pencil with the with the skull indented. Oh, yeah. Right. The, 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 like, question, the question blows me away. Like, what, why are you asking that question? Yeah. Like, it, it's right. Like, is, are, like is, is, so now is every defensive player or defensive lineman that plays the Patriots going to be asked that question? Like, it's ridiculous. Yep. And then and then, you know, I call him, you know, Miles Smollett because I guess, you know, he you know, him him being called the N-word, like that was the reason why you hit somebody in the helmet. Okay. Yeah, whatever. 
I mean, it the the reason is the reason is relevant, but not excusatory. Right. It, it, you you can't excuse swinging a helmet at another person when they did not act violence upon you. That's that like in a in a setting that is so structured like the NFL should be. It, it's it's just not realistic to to utilize that as an ex, as excusatory. Mason Rudolph could be the absolute frat bro who does that and is problem you know has his own issues to sort out. But you don't get to you, you don't get to swing the helmet at his head. And then you don't get to be the purveyor of opinions on player safety. And shame on whoever in the media, and I didn't even look it up, asked him that question. Because I don't know how else he's supposed to answer it to be a little bit fair to him. But you got to ask that question. That shame on the media person who's asking him about player safety. I don't know if it was actually her, but it was like Mary Cabot. I think she's a Cleveland sheet writer. She, she tweeted it. I don't know, I don't know if she yeah. asked the question. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know. It's a Ben Volan question, but, really. Yes, so that's that's where I would expect it to be. But she probably wouldn't be tweeting out, you know, Patriot beat writers on conference calls or anything like that. Cabot is usually, it's, yeah. It's okay. just strange. Just back to your point, Shaq. Just like this is strange. Why are we talking about this? Is there's not enough going on in the NFL? Well, there is, but we just don't want to talk about that stuff. That's no. what it is. It's like no. we don't want to talk about the Raiders dumpster fire. I want to talk about Washington and their mess. That we still have nothing about. How do you not have emails on Dan Snyder? I mean, just look at the guy. The guy just seeps. There's a whole, there's a, there's a, like a mega thread that exists of all the stupid bullshit that Dan Snyder has done. Um, I don't know where it is. I'd, I'd love to, uh, on the Entitled Weekend account, I'd like to find that and, and retweet it because it's a thread. And I'm telling you, it, it goes there. And it's a lot that Dan Snyder has done. But it's not the Patriots, so, you know. No, and I, I don't want to go off the rails on this either, but I let me tell you that I will just be in love with society if the John Gruden lawsuit that broke today goes to discovery. Me too. That will be that will be my Christmas. That yeah. will be, you know, you know, that there's that TikTok about this will be my Joker and I will be so much worse. That will be me <laughs> about the discovery of those emails. I didn't and, even know that. So that's great that I just yeah. Learn that. And I'm not a lawyer, but I only play one on TV. But uh, we, we, I do know, a, I do know of a lawyer, and, and I should ask him. You know, is it does he does John Gruden have a case? Because in my you know little uh, point of view, I think he does because the NFL just oh, decides definitely. to just decides to put all this out there and you know no, nothing about John Gruden, but then there's nothing in their closet. Mm, yeah. So I just I just think it's this whole this whole ordeal is interesting. So yep, there's going to be another player. Um, who did the Patriots play after the Browns? Uh, I, I don't even know, but I'm sure that defensive line is going to get asked the question. It's a it's right, a Thursday Falcons. night or against Falcons. the Falcons. Yep. Yeah. So whoever their defensive yeah. lineman is, prepare to be asked that question because that's what's going to happen. Um, they have no one on their team, so no one's going to it's going <laughs> to die down at that point. They're they're going to ask Matt Ryan what his finishing move is instead. Right. Right. Somehow two quarterbacks end up on the field together. What happens? And then, you know, by God, here comes Peyton Manning with a chair. Are you worried at the end of the game, no matter what happens when you shake hands, that he's just going to go for your ankle? He's going he's gonna to evander Holyfield the situation, just bite somebody's ear off, and uh, Mike Tyson, and just walk off. See now, I want a T-shirt that says Mac Jones. I don't shake hands; I break ankles. That's that's oh, my yeah. new that's my new Mac Jones slogan. Yeah, I, I I don't shake hands; I break ankles. 
be careful. Fitz, you might hear this and you might just get that going. It's already gone. Off the press. I'm sure I could shake his hand right here in New York and just because he because that's where he's from. He's from New York. Um, anyway, <laughs> shade to him. Uh, let's talk about the Browns now because, and, and thanks for the segue, Dan, because. You know, here we go with another, what is it, the sixth must-win game in a row? You know, another huge yeah. game against an excellent mm -hmm. team that is, you know, this is their, I'm, I'm, am I doing all, all the buzzwords right? You know, it's another test for the Patriots. You know, I, I think this is going to be. decide our own destiny. We decide our own destiny. <laughs> yes. The sixth Probably. consecutive test in, in, in this season. So, uh, yeah, so the Patriots, as a team, I believe that they're, I believe that they they I don't think they haven't found their identity in, in so much as I think that it's still coming to fruition. And now with guys coming back, such as Trent Brown, although I'm not sure he's gonna play in this game, but uh you still got the running backs, uh Stevenson and Harris, who you know are in that concussion protocol type of deal where it's not not shocking if either one of them doesn't play, but it there's the, the possibility is there for Stevenson at least to play because he's uh, been coming, you know, just, it's, it's just been a little bit of an iffy thing with that. Uh, and as far, you know, everybody was on the OBJ train and, you know, I, I could care less about the whole situation, but I'm just glad it's over. Glad it's with the Rams. Enjoy yourself in LA with LeBron and whoever else is there. But uh, I, I want to go to you first, Dan, about the Browns offense and, I just, without Nick Chubb, and they're not, he's not going to be playing. I'm not scared of them at all. And the way There's the Patriots. No cream, no cream hunt. No cream hunt either. The Patriots defense has been a, a very, very good the last, I would say, three, four weeks. And, you know, Matthew Judon is on an absolute tear. If he isn't a nominee for defensive player of the year so far, then just throw the award away and turn it into a, a, a Sonic or something. But, what do you think about the on that side of the football, the Browns offense? I want to start right where you started, the, the trenches. So the yeah. offensive line. The Browns probably have one of the best offensive lines in the league. But I, I do think it's interesting that I think Baker's one of the higher sacked quarterbacks in the league, something like that. Maybe the highest. I don't, I don't know. Um, but he kind of leads into the sacks. So I think that's really big. And like this – this might, even though it's a really good offensive line, if they are forcing them to pass, which I don't think, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't want to put Baker in charge of winning you the game. I think if you look at all the past games, it looks like Nick Chubb, and the, especially the last game, Nick Chubb was like, what? Uh, he had over 150 yards and two touchdowns or something like that. I mean, he, he is what makes that engine run and not Baker. And yeah, Baker had a lot of fun. OBJ was gone. He was relieved of that. And he just, had this huge release in that game and just all, all the demons came out and just put it all out there. But really he, he had what, like 20, 12 throws or something like that. Like he, he didn't do anything. So I think he really depends on his running game. And I think for this offense, they're going to have to do some, as they put it, like some tomfoolery, some trickery, you know, what little Josh McDaniels, they're going to have to do something with their tight ends. I, I think they're going to have to think of some plays that are a little, um, outside the box because I, I don't see them on on paper at least match up especially with the, the way this line is playing and the way that I think Hightower 
has been getting better and, and Bentley's been great this season. So I think that front seven. Wait, who, 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 who did you say? What, what player did you just say? Hightower? Oh, Hightower? Yeah, he Isn't out. he retired? Yeah, he came out of high. T- he, he came out of retirement to collect <laughs> his bonuses. And any day now, he's going to hang it up. Any day. Yep. Just, yeah, at some point. As soon as they lose, they're, they're, yeah, if they're out of playoff contention, he's going to, that's when he's going to retire that, at the end of the game. Yeah, per me. Yeah. And, and I think, I think Baker to me, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I don't like him in general, but like, I just don't think he's impressive whatsoever. He doesn't do anything that's like, oh my God, this is a guy that puts fear into my, my heart. Like, you know, I, I'm actually, you know, there, there's guys like, even though that Matt Ryan and the Falcons, for instance, they can choke games away, but Matt can at least, he can throw and he has decent weapons, even though Ridley's out at this point, but you know, Baker doesn't do anything for me. I, I think they're really going to have to depend on some things like they're like do some uh, packages with three tight ends, things like that, especially if they get into the red zone, um, those sort of things. But they're really going to be depending on their defense, in my opinion. I think they're going to try and do a similar formula to what the Patriots do if they want to win. And Bill, you know, I've seen a lot. I've seen this a lot um, over the last day or so with the news that uh Stevenson and, and Harris, have, you know, are treading water. But, you know, obviously the Patriots are going to be left with Brandon Bolden, J.J. Taylor. And this, the next one intrigues me, uh, Jonu Smith, who, you know, a lot of people, you know, expected him to be the, uh, well, I don't want to say the Aaron Hernandez, but they expected him to be that type of a tight end for the Patriots. And, you know, for one reason or another, it hasn't worked out yet. But I think Jonu Smith taking some carries intrigues me a lot. And this Cleveland defense is third in the league, allowing less than 85 yards a game. And, you know, you have Malik Jackson, Malik McDowell. Uh, Isaiah Wynn was very strong in the running game last week, and I expect that to continue. And, again, possibly Trent Brown, which would be amazing. Um, it's going to be tough because the the running back as, as a whole, uh, the group is depleted, but I think Jonu Smith and Josh McDaniels, I think he's chomping at the bit wanting to do that type of stuff, that Cordero Patterson type of stuff with uh, Jonu Smith. And also uh, I know the passing game has been kind of, you know, something put, put to the wayside, but I think the Cleveland secondary is very good as well. So, and, you know, we've talked about Miles Garrett, but Jadavion Clowney is still pretty effective as a pass rusher. And, you know, they like to send blitz, blitzes all the time. So, you know, I, I, it's a talented group of safeties and it's a talented group of cornerbacks too. So I think this could be a Hunter Henry game. Um, I know the wide receivers are, you know, pro- probably going to have their, their tough but I think it's going to be all tight ends in, in this game. So what do you think? Yeah, I, I definitely, I you know, and we've been chatting a bit. I think Smith has primed for a breakout game with the way that this is setting up. Even if Stevenson um, or Harris clears the concussion protocol, there's going to be some carries that are going to be created. But I think it's not necessarily even in the um, running game. I think there'll be some runs. There could be jet sweeps like we've seen with them. They could also line them up in the backfield. We saw some of that during the preseason. Um, but where I really see him taking some of that on is in the screen game, because what the Browns do really well is a lot of aggression, and you want to use that against them. So I could see a lot of tight end style screens. You could see some of that, you know, trickery and tomfoolery 
we talk about the Browns utilizing where, you know, you could see a wide receiver pass to somebody like Smith where it looks like they're blocking. It's a block and release type route. Um, so I think Smith could be really impactful there. Um, and then on the defensive side, we're looking out for it's an interesting game because we're looking out for a lot of the same things that will be successful if the Patriots offense runs them for the Browns offense to do. And for that reason, I think it's a big Adrian Phillips game again, um, because he is the right balance of a of sort of assertiveness on the defense without being overly aggressive. So if they try those reverse passes, if they try those sort of trickery moves, Phillips partnered with McCourty are a really good duo there in terms of sort of being accountable on the back end and staying true to their responsibilities, which I think while the Brown secondary is very, very talented, they take a, a few more chances than the Patriots secondary does. And in a game like this, that's going to be decided by, you know, some of these, you know, I don't want to say trick plays because they're well designed. They're not tricks anymore. We've sort of at post wildcat era, there's not really trick plays as much as there are just elements of an offense that you add and different layers you run out of a set. I think that they are very prone to sort of falling victim to those at a higher frequency than the Patriots defense is, which is sort of why I'm leaning a little bit more Patriots than Browns in this game. And then there's just like the two, maybe two or three advantages you could say that go in the favor of the Patriots and obviously Belichick. I mean, you have to say that, especially against his, a former organization. You know he wants to beat the Browns and they're at home. So there's another indicator right there that <clears throat> should benefit them and then the last one is special teams because and, and and back to your point bill is i hope gunner can clear because i think he's been playing really well on special teams as of late um i think i mentioned to you guys this might be a bigger bolden game than just him in the running game it might be in the in the passing game i think it might be big in the return game because he's usually the second guy up um you know if gunner can't take uh the ball so I do think there's and, – and the other thing to mention, I mentioned this to you guys, is the Browns are one of the worst teams on special teams. So, I mean, that's that's what we need to attack right there. And what does Bill love owning is special teams. So I think that's that's a point of emphasis they probably had this week. And I think otherwise, back to your point, Bill, I think they match up pretty well otherwise. But I think that's the breaking point to me. And, like, we're talking about the three phases of the game. And obviously, if we want to nitpick, I know everyone talks about this, the penalties have to get cleaned up at some point because mm -hmm. they are killer. I mean, I'm not going to deny that. And I know everyone, especially the media, like loves talking about that. Um, but they do need to clean it up. It just, it just has to happen. And you're now going into week 10. It's got to – this is the point where you got to start cleaning it up or you're, you're going into the back end of the season because um, we can't just wait for the bye to happen because that's so much later in the season than usual. Yeah, week oh. 14, that's weird to me. Yeah, that's a it, it's a super late buy. Um, you know, I, it's a super late buy, and I, I'm not necessarily, you know, loving that placement in the season, but a lot of it is also operational. You're seeing delays of game, false starts, um, yeah. holds that are away from the ball. So there's a lot of these, like, operational and, like, really sort of uncharacteristic penalties where, like, a hold at the gap for a run 
that would have been a two yard loss and it becomes a 10 yard gain. You're trying to get away with that to try to get the 10 yards um, because, you know, you you'll take the risk at that point. But the, the one the stuff away from the ball and the operational penalties, those are the things that they really have to get cleaned up. And it might be just a fact that they've got so many new players that they've had to acclimate them the playbook. They've had to run more, you know, had to be more focused on the actual execution of the plays as opposed to the basics and the fundamentals that they usually hit on. So I'm wondering if we see that as the season goes along, clean up a little bit more. I certainly think those delay of games are things that are going to be talked about in the quarterback room quite a bit because um, I think we had two last week. Um, and that's something that they'll they'll really work to clean up because um, Mac needs to pay. That's something Mac can improve on is to paying a little bit more attention to that, to the clock and sort of the situation, the clock management and situational football in those times. And let, let's hope this is the game where Judon actually gets more than one flag for for you know drawing a hole. Jesus, it, it it that there's a meme out there that shows Judon with like four different games and he's being held uh -huh. in every one of them it it infuriates me it it's almost like a, a like, in a full, it's like a full nelson they're putting in a couple of the, the bucks game the cowboys game i mean those are two off off the top that you know those could have been games if he gets to the backfield and they actually call that that, that can swing the game in those close games so and he still has nine and a half sacks which is crazy right. well and that's the thing they're also telling you that's okay Tell, you know, they're telling opposing teams it's okay to wrap him around the neck because he's yeah. just so disruptive. And so, you know, the referee's telling him it's, that's okay. He's talking to them every game. They know. They just have to work to improve. You know, they, they have to, like, work to make that more obvious. Maybe he has to throw his arms up a little bit more. Maybe he has to go down and hold his neck like Burns. Yeah. Yeah, do one of those uh, uh, Oscar-winning performances. Congratulations, Brian Burns. You, you did better than Moonlight. <laughs> um, I, I want to go back to what Dan was saying about uh, special teams, and you, you took my, you physically took my brain, and, and you ate it and talk, started talking. So I appreciate that. Uh, Nick Folk, amazingly consistent this year. I mean, he missed a fifty-four yarder last year, last week, but you know, those are you know once in a once in a you know month type of, of field goal kick. Um, but Jake Bailey, he's great at pinning guys inside the 20-yard line. And I think that's going to be uh, really key. The coverage units have been outstanding. And, uh, you know, so has Cleveland's special team for that matter. So I just think that, like you guys both said, uh, clean up the penalties. Also clean up the turnovers because you can't afford to be turning the football over. Not in this time, and especially not against an opponent like this. And you know, just slow the run down and make the make the Browns fast because, uh, like you said, then I'm not I'm not impressed with Baker Mayfield at all. Uh, but I think the Patriots don't have a win at home. I don't think do they or did they have just one? They, they, they have they one. Have one. The, against they the Jets. Have, yeah. yeah, they have one against the Jets. They so want to know when I am in person at the you know in the stadium. <laughs> right. So just gonna say that maybe I just need to go to more games. Yeah, maybe maybe you need to go and I can't because the one game I went to <laughs> they lost. So um, I mean that was against the Bucks. So be right. Big, big shout out to, be to uh, big shout out to Greg Bedard for not wanting to invest in special team players. But All right, we just spent we just spent five minutes on special team. That's more than what he ever cares to. Their cast of of gunners is great. I mean. Cody Davis is playing well. Justin Bethel is playing well. Matt Slater mm -hmm. is howled, and he's still playing at the top of his game. And people want to go back to that one play where he ran out of bounds and got the flag for coming back in bounds and, and getting the t you know, touching the play or whatever. But yeah. apparently, Justin I mean, Bethel is you know he's not really that w worthy of, of being picked up. But you know, 
Well, apparently. No. Oh, he was also the announced team last week t- saying that he was the pick six player when it's glaring <laughs> on the, the back of the jersey. It says Jackson 27. Um, that whole crew was a mess last week. I don't know why I don't listen with mute on. I, I'm, a, I'm a glutton for punishment, I guess. Um, but yeah, that whole crew is a mess. Personally, on that Slater file, I thought that, you know, if Slater says it's not a penalty, it's not a penalty. He's been playing that position long enough. And he's also the first guy to hold himself to, accountable when he mm-hmm. was saying that he thought it was clean. I, I take his word for that, and that was such a big swing in that in that Bucks game. Not to derail to a, a game from several weeks ago back in the dark times, um, but just wanted to make note that I trust my my Lord and Savior, Matthew Slater. Amen. Amen, amen. to that. Yeah, amen. So, uh, yeah, so I'm not one for uh, – we're not going to do predictions on this show because predictions are, you know, they're like – socks you know you just you have so many of them you don't know what to do with them and once they once once you wear them it's like okay so no predictions here i'm just hey, what, gonna, what are we enjoy. what are we gonna say they're gonna lose <laughs> right exactly no fans, right. I mean, right like no who's saying that if you say no. they're gonna lose you're off you're off no yeah oh yeah i'll, I'll make sure of it if you do <laughs> right, we, we should just call this the homer bobo yeah. uh, podcast well well well, entitled t- well that's well that's the that's the entitled town of, of way you know all hawks and bobos only love right. to see it <laughs> so, unlike jerry unlike jerry thornton's podcast oh oh uh, yeah great great <laughs> yeah, yeah right have, yeah. who is their talent booker they have this they have the spike king well, the fake Spike well, King, the I fake, say. the fake, yeah. Yeah, Let's clarify. The, the real Spike <laughs> King is 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 the one we all all know. But Spike King and Ben Volan, those are your guests. That's pitiful. Well, you work for well, you work for Barstool Sports. You can't get someone bigger than that. You can't get a former Patriots player. You can't like you have money to spend on these podcasts, and you're bringing in. Probably, and I'm not joking. I say bottom of the barrel of Boston media. That, that's that's something, and we're talking bottom. I mean, I mean, I don't early, even think Spiking deserves to be in that conversation, honestly. But he is the bottom. No, early days of Entitled Town. You guys were drawing bigger guests than this. <laughs> like, were you were you dipping your toes into the Spike King water? No, come no. on. Like, what? Uh, a, uh, oh, your toes are, are we, falling right off, going into that. <laughs> yeah. What are we doing? Like, what are we doing here with those guests? Like, he should be able to pull much better. Like, he should be pulling Reese. Like, and then, you know, and then, like, and then there'll be the argument where, oh well, we know I know PG fans don't like them, but oh, you got to talk with both sides. No, that's not both sides. That's freaking North Korea. I don't want to hear from them, so it, please. Oh, he was he was trolling. He was just he knows when when he was asked, you don't know about spiking what he said about Dante Hightower uh, retiring. He knows. No idea what you're talking about. Whoa, what are you talking about? And I, I was, just want to throw. Was just, yeah, go ahead. I just want to throw out there that we've now had two North Korea references in our first Entitled Weekend <laughs> first podcast. Weekend podcast. Oh, <laughs> we've said North Korea twice, so that's a, that's a real well now four times since I said it twice there. But impressive, impressive coverage. You know, glo- Dennis, global podcast. Dennis Rodman's going to listen now. He's, he, if you hashtag North Korea, he's, he's Spike King is market. Spike King is the Kim Jong Un of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, there, oh, yeah, boy. there was a point in time where I thought he. He had died, and then I, I didn't know, and then he came back, and he was bigger than ever. And now he eats – oh, when the Patriots win, he eats a Big Mac. So that's cool. That's a nice. Congratulations right, to- on affecting your health. <laughs> yep, that's – I mean, no, who could have thought of eating a Big Mac after a Patriots win with McCorkle Jones at quarterback? Let's – Let's be real here. Like that's just eat, sort of that's just creativity you don't get anywhere else. Eat, eat I mac think and it would be cheese. More impressive. 
Yeah. Eat, <laughs> eat a Mac computer. Eat the whole thing. <laughs> eat eat at Mac and Waltz in Norton. It's right down the street from 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 Foxborough. Shameless plug. Full vouch for Mac and Waltz. He's like the he's becoming the carrot top of Patriots podcast. It's unreal. <laughs> well, this goes. This is actually a, a, another perfect segue. Is that when, we, um, when I invited you guys to the uh, to the thread earlier in the week? I well, um, our good friend uh, Robert Alvarez, who hopefully will be on the show soon. Um, we were talking about a, a, actually there were two tweets. One. Uh, was uh, from somebody and it said, well, Patriots fans, you shouldn't be responding to, you know, idiots in the media, especially when it comes to being mad about the NFL's discipline and all this stuff. And so it got me to thinking, why, why is it a big deal that, that Patriots fans are making a big deal about responding to, because it doesn't take much effort, honestly, for me, I'm, I'm sick of everybody. So it, and, and it, and it, and it makes sense because there's, there's nobody that's redeemable except for Mike Reese. There's there's no one else that is that is capable of, of and worth listening to. So it's easy for me to bash them, especially on Twitter, because that's the that's the fastest way to get um, somebody to look at it. And usually, um, and like uh, Mike Irons always says, they're listening, they're looking at it, and and that's why I'm blocked by so many of them, <laughs> because they look and they see. So I'm blocked. You guys I'm blocked think by about like it. Adam Schefter. I'm blocked by Adam Schefter. I asked That's what, amazing. I asked him what stepladder was his favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the next one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it, it doesn't take any effort. Like, uh, you know, I'm, what takes more effort is I've got Benji, the, one of the entitled weekend pets, I'm sure, here, who's been running <laughs> around around me, that's been taking more attention away than tweeting at media the entire week. It's sort of like when you're, like, letting out naturally, like, a little bit of upset when you're driving and somebody cuts you off. And it's like a stress reliever that you're, like, yelled at that person and called them an asshole. Like, th that's what tweeting at some of this media is. It's a, it's a stress relief. It's a break, yep. you know, and you move on. Like, uh, we're, we're all busy. We all have things we do. But, like, it's is, the that point does of not the app. Yeah, that's the point of the app. It's supposed to be something that you're doing in your spare time right. and doing for purposes you enjoy. And personally, I enjoy telling Mittens he sucks. Exactly. If you're there and you're saying something stupid, I'm going to let you know, okay? Yeah. <laughs> because well, the, one thing, the, one, the one thing I do like about Volan, I, I say this in a, in a different way, not what you think. The one thing I like is that he's muted me. So I can still continue to clown on him, but... He just doesn't care. He just knows he's trolling Bowling. So he just knows he's a magnet for shit. Like he just, he embraces that, that. That's the smartest thing he could do because it increases his interactions on the site metrics. When you block somebody who's calling you stupid, what then happens is they are no longer able to call you stupid and it lowers the number of engagements you get. And you want to be this commodity so Volan muting people much smarter than the people who are blocking. And I do not say Volan is smart about much of anything. Well, I mean, it, he's not going viral for math or breaking down plays. I mean, once he, he thought that Jordan Richards was going to start playing defensive end, but that's a whole other thing. But he, he's just, yeah, you're right. He, he gets it in that sense. He wants to keep the interaction. And there's guys out there who talk about masculinity and being a wuss that block you instant. Look at Big Jim Murray. He is the, oh. the softest guy. Oh. So, 
And, and the thing that bothers me the most about him, he's so soft and he talks about being bandwagon fans. He is literally the biggest bandwagon fan there is. He, is he, wears, a, a he wears a Bucks jersey. Like, come on. And wears sunglasses indoors. He's, yeah, so, I mean, he's a bandwagon fan and a douche. And a Kangol hat. What? So, like, the whole thing. Just the yeah, whole thing. Like, he he it, like he's steered into a very different kind of skid where he's trying to be like he thinks he's highbrow, but he's not. He's the person who buys a bunch of knockoff stuff that wants you to think that like you know he's got the fancy attire on, but really it's like you know you know instead of Chanel he's wearing Chappelle instead of you know <laughs> Gucci it's like you know Goonie Gucci yeah yeah it, you know that's him he he's the faux he's the faux cool guy. And I saw an, he, I saw an ad on TV where he's like ordering uh, marijuana. Uh, it's some delivery service that you can order it and it comes to your door. Hello, and fellow children. It was the worst. <laughs> it was the worst acting ever. I mean, I I know he wasn't really trying to act. It was bad. He's like, he gets up from a couch. He goes, "Has has anyone ever listened to the guy? He hates everybody. He yeah. he wished death upon the college children." So, I mean, yeah. So. I mean, have, you ever seen, have you ever we seen are. have you ever seen his um his youtube uh channel he had he had a youtube series called oh god now i forget what it's called well anyway Puppets. look him up <laughs> I, I i watched it for well it wasn't fun but i watched it for just for the curiosity and oh my god like he's such a douche it's unbelievable no thanks <laughs> Please don't don't watch. How do we get, do we get ourselves out of this? I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. So, I'm sure somebody when when I post this, I'm sure somebody will say what the show is called, and and they'll be like, oh well, you you know, you remember you did it. Yeah, I remember I did it, but I, I forget everything else about it. Um. So yeah, let's get out of this really quickly. Um. Okay, so this would be the traditional email segment, but instead of that, because we don't have an email, our, our by the way, our email address is entitledweekend at gmail.com so please uh vinny jace uh love your brother i please uh feel free to send as many emails as you want to to us as well i know entitled town you send it to entitled town but send it to entitled weekend as well because we're here for you too but um and anyone else too but instead of emails what we're going to do this week is play some rapid fire which is a tradition on entitled town and for both of you, Bill and Dan, the prize you will win is, well, nothing. But I, I, what I was what I was gonna say was a new car. No, it's not a new car. But <laughs> you'll 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 win the admiration or the anger of the listeners. That's what you win. Um, okay, so here we go. Rapid fire. Favorite style of Patriots uniform, Dan. I gotta go, you know, Pat the Patriot, red. I mean, old school. I want him back. Bill? I'm, I'm gonna be really unpopular and I'm gonna say the current home uni. That that color rush is nice. I like it. Listen, I love the Pat Patriot. The the 90s royal blue needs to make a comeback at some point. I don't think they've had really a bad uniform, but I do think that that um, that color rush blue. It's one of the few color rush uniforms I've actually really liked, and I do like that they pivoted to um, sort of a post Brady new uniform. And so there's a couple of reasons I'm really like behind it. Um, so I'm I'm big on the current home uni. Yeah, and for me, uh, 
I, I, yeah, the nineties were the ones that I grew up with. So I, I don't know if it's nostalgia or if it's just the fact that I'm used to it. So I guess those are my favorites, but I, if I had a top three, I would say the current ones are my top two or my second two. So I'm sure we're both going to be in that spot where, you know, oh, what are you talking about? But I like the current uniforms. I think they're cool. And obviously the, uh, 2001 version the you know navy blue silver red those are the, my third favorite so uh yeah i think i think that's that's pretty much pretty good uh best pats team of the of the bill belichick era dan Ooh, that's a loaded question um i mean i gotta go it's somewhere between 2004 and Probably 2016. I mean, just I, I think I think there was just so much talent that we didn't appreciate on both of those teams, and that's why I I, I say that. And, and I mean, they were great. Obviously, they won the Super Bowl, uh, you know, both times. But um, and for different, totally different games. And but the amount of talent that was on those teams is almost insane. If you really look back at it, and you said, for instance, like, wow, we had. Martellus Bennett as our number two and like Gronk was hurt that year and we had Edelman and I know Amendola is not the same player at all anymore but we had all these guys that and you know Mitchell which you know tragedy yeah. still still on the Patriots and still going strong but he showed absolute uh you know guts on that on some of those drives so I I love both those teams just because that that was really just, you know, nails. I, I felt like those teams and the defense too. I mean, that Falcon Super Bowl, that was another game where Hightower swung the whole game. I mean, he also was in on the Marshawn Lynch tackle in the Seahawks game. So, I mean, that would be also up there just because of the play that happens. But those are really just two of my favorite ones. Yeah, I, I think best and favorite are sort of separate for me. Best team, 04. They, they were a wagon that year. Mm -hmm. There It was, it, you know, there's no guarantees in, in football. Anybody can get hurt any given week. But that was the closest thing in my lifetime to a surefire Super Bowl championship team out of any, like every other year, you're like, oh, there's other teams, there's this. The Patriots were an absolute, even when they lost games, it was fluky absolute wagon in 04 favorite team yeah, you know you're talking that that i really loved the Rams super bowl the most recent Rams super bowl i loved that game plan i love hard football the 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 greatest games to me are the ones where the patriots sit down and come back that falcon super bowl the rams won with an incredible game plan the baltimore divisional round game where they were down 14 twice you know you're talking about several teams there but that ram soup that second ram super bowl was just it was it was such a nice wraparound to what the brady era was um that i'm not it almost makes me not upset that he chose to leave and go somewhere else because he started and ended with the rams on a brilliant game plan led by right. defense and it bookended four super bowls in the middle that were just purely like brady like you know obviously a ton of other you know, talent on the team, but Brady was leading those teams to championships and bookending with him sort of managing great all time defensive game planning was just such a, a, a neat bow 
on that sort of Brady Super Bowl era in New England. So I, I have to say that that latest Super Bowl year for the Pats is probably my favorite team. And I don't know about you guys, but that Super Bowl had me on the edge of my seat. I know everybody was saying, oh, it's so boring. Oh, it, it, it didn't have any, you know, scoring. But I was scared shitless during that game. And not because I didn't think they would win, just because of the way the game was unfolding and how it was edge of your seat stuff. So it was great. So I love that Super Bowl. And people that, so forget that, people forget about that, how good the Rams were that year. How right. Good, they, they, were, they, were, mm-hmm. they were in that game with the Chiefs that was like, what they score over a hundred points, like the over, yes. the yeah. over was like supposed to be like forty points or something like that. And I remember throughout the game, you could still bet on the over up until a certain point. And at one point, you could still bet it over sixty. It's like this is insane. This is yeah. we're getting to insane levels here. Yep. And I still see that, like, when I go to sleep at night and I have pleasant dreams, it's of Jason McCourty breaking up that pass in the back of the end zone in that Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, how are you not excited by that play? Do Like, defensive football is exciting. Debate a wall. Yeah. yeah. And, Dan, it's funny you mentioned earlier about the uh, the Hightower play. And, and it got me to thinking, and this is like a mini question before I get to the last one. Um, I'm wondering what Super Bowl play, because Hightower's had a few of them, uh, you know, before he retired, of course. Um, which one do you think was more impactful? The, the, the tackle that he made... In Super Bowl 49, uh, just a, just a, an, a yard short of Marshawn Lynch scoring, or the Super Bowl 51 play where, you know, sacks Matt Ryan and Rumble and all that stuff. So wh- which one do you think is was more impactful in, in the portion of that game? So, I mean, I think, I mean, obviously. Not to take away we, both plays. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, I think it's a great question because I've never really thought about it, but. Um, I think with the Seattle game, yeah, I think at the time it felt like that was the bigger play just because of where we were in the game. And it almost felt like there was no hope at all at that point in a different sense. Like you just knew it was closing in. We just knew they were going to score and that we're just watching it slip away. And the only thing I'll say about that is I think it was Akeem Ayers at the time was also there in on that tackle. So I don't know if, you know, we, we give more credit to in that stance, but to me, I'll just never forget in that Falcons game when he, knocked the ball out of Matt Ryan's hands just it was like hope was immediately instilled somehow back into us and it just that was the point to me where the whole game swung and I I think without that play or if you know it gets wiped out for the flag or he doesn't lose you know or or the play gets off I think we're talking about a different course of history I don't know I, I I just I think um that just changed so much and the only thing that I, uh, I could see on the other side for Seattle was after that play, then that kind of gives the birth of Malcolm Butler. I mean, that makes Malcolm Butler mm-hmm. and then that sets off a whole nother trajectory. We're going to talk about like uh, a Patriots multiverse in a second, but, um, <laughs> but that's, but that's, you know, you could make a really good debate, but to me it's the Falcons game because of, of how hopeless that whole thing felt in a different way. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. And it's sort of, Everything you said, great points across the board. The other piece of it is if Marshawn Lynch goes in, there's 40 more seconds on the clock in that Super Bowl, and you've got Tom Brady, four, like 50-some-odd seconds left, needing a field goal to go to overtime. And he had Gronk and Edelman. And he had oh. Gronk and Edelman. Hightower doesn't get that ball knocked out. 
there's time taken off of the clock in that in that Falcons game that could have been the difference. They could have gotten one or two more first downs. You don't know how that's going to play out from there. And that that changed all the momentum in that game. So also you know, like just, Julio Jones was I mean, he's he's just like that dangerous weapon that he connects mm-hmm. with him. It changes everything. And for some who knows why Mohamed Sanu had one of the best games of his life all of right. a sudden in that in that game. And he, he was annoying, and it was like when we traded for Muhammad Sanu, I thought about that game. I was like, well, I kind of like when we pick up annoying guys that I can't see because <laughs> then they become good for us, but that, that blew up. Case, so. I mean, Welker was an annoying guy for us before Welker became oh, yeah. Welker with the Pats. I'll never forget, was it, it was a it was a And then he became problem. annoying again. Yeah, and then he became – yeah, that <laughs> happens. Then he got even annoying, and he got CTE. But the, the thing about him on that – remember the Dolphins where – I think it was a kick return or a punt return. And they thought he did the fair catch, and he didn't. And he came in and knocked somebody, like, almost out completely. Just they, they didn't know you could hit while the ball was up in the air at that point. And I just knew at that point, I was like, that guy's a tough son of a bitch. <laughs> and I would love to have him on the team. But that's how I always am. When I see a guy make a play like that, that's not dirty. You know, I don't want T.J. Ward or don't want, you know, um, Pollard or anything like that. So you don't want, want Mac Jones? I don't. I want him on the team. I want Stidham. <laughs> I heard a great point today, which was, if Stidham's going to be activated, just put him in the game, get him hurt, get the anger out, and then put Mac Jones back in the game and continue. Solid. I like it. And uh, all right, so I have we'll have more, and we'll do some more next week. But this is the last one, and I don't think I've heard of the guys do it on the other show. But I want to. I'm curious of what we. There's not too many of these. So I'm wondering where you guys' heads are at. Favorite Patriots touchdown song? I'll let Bill take this one first, I think. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a struggle. Um, I mean, I'm going to go. Okay. I'm going to go with our house just because I heard it so frequently at the Jets game recently that it's sort of ingrained in my brain now. I hear it day and night. Um, you know, you when they win the Pats. Times. Yeah, when, when the Pats put up 54 points against the Jets, like it doesn't matter if you like the song or not. The song is now a part of you. Um, and so now, now it is like I am one with, with, the, with the current uh, celebration song. So I'm going to stick with that, which makes me sound like I became a fan like last week, considering right. I, I, like the, I like the current uniforms. I like the current song. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going with today, the, today for some reason. I don't know. Dan, if you don't have an answer, I have one. And when I, when I was writing the question, I was like, this is my answer. So do you have one? I'm, you know. I hate that this is my answer because of who it kind of connects with, but I'm looking uh, at, I'm looking at you right now. Like I'm looking at a, like a, my family member on family food. I'm like, please answer. Right. <laughs> Josie. Um, oh. I do like the song, but I, I, I dislike who it's connected to. So. Uh, I, oh. <laughs> I should have just said that I, you know what? I should have skipped saying our house and just said my favorite celebration song is the next one. Well, yeah. Okay, so so my my, favorite, answer, my favorite song at a Patriots not scoring related is "Seek and Destroy." When they play that, okay, yeah, yes, yeah, that same great call. Okay, well, my touchdown song is U2's "Elevation," and 
I just think of that because like you, like you were saying earlier, Bill, I just remember the 2007 Patriots in particular, when they played that song, I think it was in the Bills game, <laughs> they scored, they kept scoring touchdowns. I'm like, yep, I'm hearing the song again. Yep, I'm hearing the song again. So it, I just, it just became, I don't know if a favorite of mine, because I just like the way it sounds, it sounds, it sounds cool, but it also isn't trying to be too overbearing on you. So that's, that's mine. I might change my answer back to probably uh, living on a prayer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. Old, Solid. Oldie but a goodie. <laughs> so, that, that, so that's, that's our music portion of the program. Uh, yeah. So that's rapid fire. We'll do some more next week, hopefully with some uh, other guys too, because I think that's fun. Um, so yeah, uh, I think that's, that's about it. Uh, you guys have any final thoughts? I, I just thought, you know, thoughts and prayers to the defensive ends that are going to get mauled by McCorkle Jones this weekend. I think that's an important, you know, we want to get out in front of it and say that we wish them well in the most condescending way possible. <laughs> I just want to say, Brandon Bolden, have the game of your fucking life, man. Go out there and ball out. Yes, let's go, Brandon. If, if you know and I, and I, hate to, I hate to mention it because I don't really like the site because it, it only works when it works in my favor in my narrative. Uh, but Pro Football Focus said, he, basically, there's only two running backs that have a better passing grade or catching grade than he does out of the backfield, which is like Christian McCaffrey and one other player, um, which is actually, that's pretty impressive. I don't know what the numbers mean or how they come up with them, but that just sounds really good. So, Yeah, I would just add, you know, if he's going to have a great game, I, you know, it might not pop on the stat sheet, which I know, you know, the takesers will hate, but he is also the best back we have in pass protection. I was going to say, yep. Yeah, and so he his numbers might not pop, but he could still have a phenomenal game. So I, I'm all in on Bolden having a great game. I think that, you know, the increased use this season is a result of him showing you know, improvements in certain aspects of the game with cat with after the catch on the run. Um, but he's always been an incredible blocker. And I think that's going to show up in spades against, you know, chipping people like Miles Garrett, um, as long as his ankle is still attached. Hey, the, the, the Chargers game, the Chargers game, those running backs pass blocked the heck out of Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa got his bell rung at some point. I think he actually got knocked on his back by, it was either Harris or Bolden, but. Yeah, I think I think that was Bolden, but yeah, it's yeah. one of the most important qualities for a Patriots running back, and yeah. I do think sort of like the most, just my last thought here, the most uh, underrated player in, in the offense right now is Jacob Johnson. I think he's having actually a phenomenal year at fullback. Like I think he's, I mean, the last game he was nailing his blocks. He looked like James Devlin on some plays. So I think he's a guy who's continuing to get better. And I think they do better when they have a great fullback. I'll just, I'll add there that I think his family's in attendance for the first time at any of his games this week, this weekend, for the first time in his career. So if oh, he's ever, touchdown. so uh, yeah, let's, let's get that man a touchdown. Let's get yeah. him some carries, get, get something fancy for him. I have um, no, you know, since his family's coming from Germany. Yeah. If, if, if you know that, then I'm certain the coaching staff knows that. So I think that's probably not, not far off from what's going to happen. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Yeah. So, all right, guys, that's going to do it for us today. And, uh, well, first of all, our, our, again, our email address is entitledweekend at gmail.com. Please don't be shy. Email us and follow us on the same account at entitledweekend. 
Um, we're going to be doing pretty much, again, the same. If you're looking for this show, you don't have to look far because it's going to be on the same Entitled Town podcast feed. Um, I'll make sure of it. And so will Dan, uh, Dave Brown. Uh, he's going to sue me for calling him Dan. So, yeah, it'll be right there on the feed for you. So you don't have to go anywhere. The podcast is going to be right there for you. And the guys will be back next week to talk about everything else. And then we'll be back on Friday. So we'll expect the podcast probably around Saturday every week because, you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff that has to be done, you know, recorded, all that stuff. So, yeah, pretty much on Saturday, you expect it on the feed. And, yeah, so for Dan and Bill, I'm Shaq. And have a great weekend, Slugs. See you. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Quite stylish And maybe I seem a bit confused Well, maybe, but I got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do With those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Thank you!